quite a lot of literature showing that while carbohydrates may, while if people drop their carbohydrates, they may lose weight, it actually slows down the thyroid function even more. It drops levels of T4 and T3 because the body perceives that as a stressor. So we still actually want to be having carbohydrates in the diet, but we want to be making sure they're coming from whole food sources where there's lots of nutrition. So things like sweet potato, regular potato, um, good quality bread, like that's not a problem as, as long as it's not in excess. In terms of optimizing the thyroid in other ways, I'm looking at what's stress. That was Lisa Costa Beer, and you've landed on the Me and My Health Up podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Harcher. I'm a clinical nutritionist and lifestyle medicine specialist. The purpose of this podcast is to enhance and enlighten your well-being. And Lisa Costa Beer is going to be doing that just for you. She is a fully qualified naturopath and she has a passion for women's health. And she has an interest in thyroid function and the importance of thyroid in women's health. And we're going to be discussing that topic to empower you and to make sure that you're doing everything possible for a healthy thyroid function. So without much further ado, I'd love to welcome you into the discussion I'm having with Lisa Costa Beer. Welcome on the Me and My Health Up podcast. Lisa Costa Beer, how are you doing today? I'm great. How are you? <laughs> Fantastic. It's uh, such a delight to have you on, uh, given that you've been such an instrumental part of my journey, being my teacher, uh, my guide, my shining lights uh, through through my nutritional studies and uh, clinic studies. So uh, it's so great to have you on um, because you've been an important part of my life. So uh, thank you for coming on. Oh, absolute pleasure. I'm very excited to be here. And uh, listeners, uh, Lisa's very passionate about women's health and she's done her master's in women's health and uh, is a fully qualified naturopath and she loves talking about women's health, hence why I've got her on the show to uh, further talk about women's health, but in particular on thyroid function. And Lisa has first-hand experience of this, her own personal story, as well as uh, just her clinical wisdom around uh, how to work with the thyroid and optimise its function. So uh, before we kick off, uh, Lisa, I'm really keen for the listeners to better understand your backstory of how you have arrived or what you're doing today. Um, so... Well, in terms of becoming a naturopath, I actually fell into naturopathy because I was very interested in nutrition and I started doing a nutrition degree and then some of the subjects were full and I got told, oh, you can do intro to naturopathy as an elective and that will count towards your nutrition degree. Did intro to naturopathy, loved it, became a naturopath without having ever seen a naturopath or understood what they really do. Finished my degree, started seeing clients and actually had no idea that I really had my own kind of thyroid dysfunction going on. And it was only after I had my daughter and I, I saw patients with thyroid, kind of didn't recognize it in myself. After I had my daughter, um, I was feeling very tired and just not 100%, but I kind of put that down to just being a new mom and all the stuff that kind of goes along with that. But I was diagnosed with Hashimoto's, an autoimmune thyroid condition, a year after I had my daughter. And in hindsight, I probably had it quite a long time and I was probably hyperthyroid during my pregnancy. Um, so I kind of just fell into focusing on thyroid and autoimmunity as a result of really my own experience um, and going through that journey and really wanting to help other women through that process. It's fantastic how it found you and uh, now you're 
you know, enhancing and enlightening the well-being of others around optimizing their thyroid and helping them be their healthier self. Uh, so just on this whole thing of thyroid, it's talked a lot, a lot about because we have this very body conscious society. Uh, it's all focused on body image and having the best body. Mm. And there's an association with thyroid metabolism. And yeah, so if you could just share in terms of, you know, for the listeners as to what the thyroid does. Thyroid is a butterfly-shaped gland and it sits kind of around here, but it's very, very important for our metabolism. So it helps with our metabolic rate. So when the thyroid is running inefficiently or running too slowly, we notice, most people will notice that their metabolism slows down and they start to gain weight, irrespective really of what they're eating. So something that I note, something that I noted that alerted me to go to the doctor, it wasn't that I was super fatigued or anything like that. I was actually sleeping more than 10 hours a night and still waking up very tired, but that I kind of just was oblivious to how abnormal that was. It was my weight. So I was putting on a couple of kilos every kind of second week that was going on. I was putting on weight despite the fact that I had a very healthy diet and I was exercising. Often with hypothyroidism, women will notice, okay, I'm starting to gain weight even though I haven't really, I'm not eating poorly. I haven't kind of changed things around. Um, it is important to know that with hypo, not everyone gains weight. Some people may stay the same. And with hypo, which is a thyroid that's too fast, the majority of people lose weight, but there's 10% of people that actually gain weight. So it's not stuck in stone that you're going to be more overweight if you're slow thyroid, hypothyroid, but that's generally kind of what we see. Essentially, you're saying that women first start to notice it when they seem to be doing everything they normally do and it normally helps with weight loss and gaining weight, essentially. Yeah. 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 And it's particularly, they see it on their tummy, their hips, those kind of areas. And in terms of where do you start? So if someone comes to see you and they've got all these signs and symptoms, they're doing their best around their diet, they're exercising, you know, sleeping doing relaxation or whatever, where do you start with supporting someone's thyroid function? Often in saying that though, they're not, like they may be doing a bit of exercise, but it's not always consistent or they might, they, they've usually got like a few things that they're doing really well, but then other things that they're not doing so well. And, and it's really interesting because when you have thyroid dysfunction, you can be sleeping a lot, but it's not necessarily good sleep or some people's sleep is affected because those thyroid hormones are very important for sleep architecture. People may have the diet down pat, but then maybe aren't, don't have the stress component down pat. So it's really about me taking a really good case history and looking at, well, where can we tweak those things? Because the majority of people don't, aren't doing all those things in the best way. And that might be that they're for me, for example, I was exercising, but I was doing the wrong type of exercise for where I was at. I was getting up really, really early and doing high-intensity boxing with in a fasted state and so on, and that is actually really detrimental when your thyroid is malfunctioning. So that's a really good point you raised there because generally the thinking is that in order for me to lose weight, I just got to train harder, eat less. Yes, and that's exactly, even with everything I know, that is exactly what I was doing. But the thyroid gland actually hates that when it's hypothyroid. It actually needs a lot more TLC. It needs more nutrients, not necessarily more like calories or anything like that, but it needs more nutrition, less de like less depleting. So, yeah, we kind of want to really pamper the thyroid gland and make it feel like, oh, there's a surplus of stuff coming in. Um, to support its function. It's, I always think about the thyroid as being kind of like a car. And when it's hypothyroid, even though the tendency is gaining weight, so I'm going to eat less, we actually need to service the thyroid and give it lots of TLC so it runs better. So in terms of that servicing, 
where do you start? Like, so, like, if I were to picture someone that's um, fasting, they're you know maybe doing their keto diet or you know really reducing the carbs because the, the carbs are the enemy and of weight gain and whatnot. Uh, and so, you mentioned the thyroid actually needs more nourishment. So, what sort of nourishment does it need? So, it needs more nutrition as a whole. I definitely don't think carbohydrates are the enemy. In fact, we need a certain amount of carbohydrates for the thyroid to function properly. And there's quite a lot of literature showing that. While carbohydrates may, while if people drop their carbohydrates, they may lose weight, it actually slows down the thyroid function even more. It drops levels of T4 and T3 because the body perceives that as a stressor. So we still actually want to be having carbohydrates in the diet, but we want to be making sure they're coming from whole food sources where there's lots of nutrition. So things like sweet potato, regular potato, good quality bread, like that's not a problem as, as long as it's not in excess. In terms of optimizing the thyroid in other ways, I'm looking at what stress like. And for a lot of my patients, stress is a huge trigger for their thyroid becoming dysfunctional. And that's because particularly that autoimmune thyroid, because our immune cells actually have receptors, which are like little docking sites for stress hormones. So when we're under huge amounts of stress, the immune cells become dysfunctional and that can lead to the immune system attacking the thyroid and that's where that autoimmune component comes in. So even like a two-month stress management program helps to reduce thyroid antibodies, which are part of that autoimmune process, and that can help to conserve the thyroid function and make the thyroid work better. So stress is a big deal. I also look at sex hormones, so estrogen and progesterone, because we see a much higher rate of thyroid disease in women. Men do still get it, but we see much higher rates in women. So I'm always looking at, well, what are the hormones doing as well? What's their period like? We see that thyroid becomes dysfunctional at these pivotal moments in a woman's life, adolescence, pregnancy, post-pregnancy, perimenopause, and it's because the hormones are fluctuating wildly at these points. And you mentioned that exercise component, which you spoke about at the start. You're waking up early doing boxing classes, high intensity training, and then you realize that it wasn't probably what you needed to support the thyroid. So in that exercise component, what do you recommend uh, for women to do in terms of to optimize that thyroid function? I think now, like for me now, I can, I do high intensity exercise. I do boxing because my thyroid function is stable and it's okay. But so it's really dependent upon where that person is in their thyroid journey. But if they are in that really kind of acute phase where they are flaring, they are feeling really fatigued, their levels are unstable, probably more restorative exercise is recommended at this point because we're trying to create more of a catabolic state, which is what some types of exercise can do when the thyroid is a little bit depleted. So there is some research on more restorative exercise like yoga actually being really helpful for thyroid function. And women who did six months of a yoga program actually conserve their thyroid function and improve their levels of TSH, T4 and T3. So I would recommend something like that in those initial stages. And then when our patient is feeling a lot better then and more stable, then they can include something a little bit more high intensity. But really, I think for a lot of women, more anabolic exercise is going to be beneficial, building up muscle um, rather than huge kind of marathon running or anything like that. This is for women that have thyroid conditions. People that don't can do whatever they want, obviously. And when it comes to that weight training too, it's about shorter intervals rather than, you know, really kind of overloading the body and, and trashing it. You mentioned this element of stress. 
and you know taking women through a program to help them better manage their stress see one of the stresses as that frustration of you know i'm doing a lot and you know i'm not getting the results i'm after and and is there an element of the mindset in terms of being comfortable where they're at and they're on a journey like do you, do you help them with that mindset around because I, I think in today's world it's that immediate gratification seeking that really you know puts us undone in terms of our health because we want that quick fix as opposed to you know doing the progressive steps that we need to make and then allow that you know that gratification to come in terms of results uh what do you have to say around that? Yeah, I think, look, from my personal experience, as well as, you know, sitting with clients, it can be really frustrating when you're doing, you feel like you're doing all the right things, like you're looking after your diet, you're trying to do the stress management sort of stuff and the weight's not coming off. The thing is, though, that the metabolism and the thyroid don't just become dysfunctional in a week or two. It's a very, very long process. And so, building up that function of the thyroid and the other hormones um, from that depletion state into a, a more repleted state, it takes time. So it's not something that is going to happen in a couple of weeks. You're really looking at at least a six-month period. So it's really about just being patient and consistent and I totally get that can be frustrating. You mentioned uh, in terms of stress imp impacting thyroid function and you put them on that program in order to help them de-stress and better manage their stress and support their thyroid function. One of the things that comes to my mind is that wanting the results quickly and they're not coming quick enough and just thinking, well, I'm getting a bit frustrated and that frustrated can just lead to you know that exacerbation of stress. So what have you got to say uh, to you know, help those women out there that are on their journey and uh, just not seeing the result? I can empathise because having been there myself, it is a frustrating process. When you are doing all the things, right, you are eating well, you're trying to get enough sleep, you're trying to do the exercise, it's really about patience and consistency and understanding that it's not going to be a dramatic process that happens in a week or two. It takes a long time for the thorough to become dysfunctional. It's not something that you know, happens in just a month or two. Women that get Hashimoto's have often had it for a long time. So in terms of building back up those thyroid hormones, fixing the metabolism and the other hormones, that's at least, at the very least, a six-month process. So, you know, I think it's just really important to know that it will happen. It's just that you've got to be patient and consistent with what you're doing. But it is it's super frustrating when you're doing all the right things. I could imagine. I mean, I haven't experienced it myself, but uh, I, I know what it's like when you're doing well and you're just not seeing the results or you're just thinking, how come the results aren't coming? I'm doing all these things and they should be coming. Where are they? Totally. And then maybe if they're not, then we need to look at, well, what else is going on? Do we need to measure levels of cortisol and DHEA and understand like how big is this stress? element or do we need to look at the sex hormones in more detail like what else is going on if things aren't aren't improving is there something else going on and through my classes with you and doing the clinical studies you're a big believer in holistic health and nourishing the person uh really that self-care element and you actually I remember you doing a diagram of the uh, <laughs> lisa's self-care wheel <laughs> so uh, i think it'd be really useful for the listeners to uh understand lisa's self care wheel and how to construct it and build it and yeah. well, the self-care wheel i wish i had my whiteboard is just like a it's a wheel like a pie chart essentially and there's all the different things that that fill our cup really and that contributes to 
better thyroid function and modulation of the immune system and dropping those thyroid antibodies if it is autoimmune. So I think a lot of people, when they get diagnosed with a thyroid condition like Hashimoto's or Graves, they're very focused on the dietary aspect and the gut microbiome, and absolutely they are very important. But we also need to look at connection with others, community, other people that we interact with, the things that fill our cup and make us feel better as well. So fun, laughter, sleep, all those things in that can fit into the pie chart to assist with really identifying the things that contribute to our overall health and well-being. So it's not just about the gut microbiome. It's not just about the diet. All those pieces of the pie chart kind of need to be working synergistically for everything to function well. Now, there's really, really interesting research on things like loneliness and disconnection and the way in which they impact our thyroid and our immune system. Individuals that feel more lonely, and disconnected, they show that this can actually cause their genes to mutate and impact their immune system, increasing their risk of autoimmunity and things like that. So these are really important factors that I look at when someone comes in to see me. I'm, I'm not just interested in their gut health and what they're eating. I'm just as interested in what makes you happy? How often are you doing it? What makes you feel connected to other people? What are your relationships like? Because this actually has a huge impact on their thyroid and their, their autoimmune condition. Yeah, because I, when I think about it, the you know, particularly in those childbearing years, you're giving a lot of time and love to others, like your children, you're raising children, you're you know, supporting a partner, uh, you're you know, potentially nurturing a career as well on top of this. And so there's so much outgoing love and what you're sharing is this, you know, bringing it back in and, and getting that balance between what's going out, what's coming in to really create, a, you know, a nourish, nourish the person, nourish the thyroid. Yeah, so a lot of my patients, when I ask them, how often do you stop and do nothing? They're kind of like never doers, a lot of my clients. They're working, they're looking after children, like they're, they're juggling a lot and that's great and I'm all for the things that we have to do, all those things. But it's also important to have time where we're kind of not doing anything and our adrenaline come down and we feel like what it's like to just do nothing. And that that's really, really important for kind of helping the thyroid too. It's really underestimated actually sitting on the couch or sitting outside and doing absolutely nothing to really feel what your true essence so I can imagine women that, you know, think I'm, I'm just going to sit down and, you know, chill for a bit, but then they open a social media app and start mm -hmm. flicking and scrolling and they're seeing that everyone else is doing something and enjoying themselves and, hey, I'm sitting here, I'm missing out, I'm, you know, I should be doing something. And, and so there's sort of like I think we've really, you know, in today's world, we're very disconnected with traditional ways of unwinding. Uh, we're very, I guess, now the norm for unwinding is watching Netflix or, you know, scrolling through social media. So what have you got to say with that? Because I can't imagine that's helpful. Not really not doing anything. We're still we're still doing stuff and that's fine. Like so if you're watching TikToks and um laughing at cat videos and dog videos, a lot of benefits to that, right? Because we're relaxed, we're in we're laughing, we're in a parasympathetic state, that's only going to be beneficial. So I don't have a problem with that as long as it's not like all day, every day. Um I think there's a lot of guilt. People have a lot of guilt about 
watching Netflix or watch, watching something on the phone and it's fine. It's totally fine as long as there's kind of balance with everything else in life. I actually, people may be shocked, but I actually recommend watching cat videos or watching Mr Bean or something like that to my patients because a common question I will ask them is how often do you laugh? And some people will say, oh, like never, rarely laugh. And this is kind of interesting because children apparently laugh 200 times a day. Like if you say bum or fart or something like that, a child is going to be crying with laughter. Adults have so much going on inside their brains that they're kind of in this adrenaline mode all the time. And- yeah, so at least what I understand is that essentially it, it doesn't matter whether you're watching Netflix or scrolling the internet. Is it bringing you pleasure in terms of laughter and enjoyment and rela- relaxation? Or is it making you feel envious and guilty then? If it's making you feel the latter, the envious, guilty, then it's probably not something that's going to help the individual wind down. But if it's making them, you know, relax and bring some laughter and some light to life, then that's that's probably a good way to for them to unwind. So it really comes down to the individual and what really stimulates their ability to relax and unwind. Yeah, and so a common recommendation I will make is for my patients to watch Mr Bean or something like that so they can get out of that adrenaline-tense constricted mode into something where they they are in more of a parasympathetic state and they're enjoying life a little bit more and laughing. Fantastic. I've really loved the conversation because we've covered that sort of holistic wheel with relationships and stress management, nutrition, exercise, uh, sleep. Is there anything that we've missed in this discussion around the holistic approach to healthy thyroid? I think lifestyle, to take it just on another level, outdoors, nature, um, I think is also super healing as well. So if that individual can get out into the green space, the forest areas, the beach, um, anything like that, bushwalking, particularly there's a lot of soil and sand and things like that, that's also been shown to help modulate the stress hormones, help with the thyroid gland, modulate the immune system, reduce inflammation. And I think we forget we've become so kind of detached from nature, but when we breathe in compounds from trees and things like that, it sounds very kind of airy-fairy, but it's actually a thing when we breathe in the volatile oils that we find at the in the forests, that's incredibly healing too. So there's actually lots we can do to help with thyroid function apart from just diet and supplements and things like that. Oh, fantastic. I, uh, I, I do remember that being in your Lisa's self-care wheel. So <laughs> it's, uh, I'll actually, I, I could probably have a little caption just fly up with the uh, wheel that I took uh, when we were in that lecture together. So, uh, so really appreciate, you know, what you shared today. It's been really enlightening and really down to earth and practical and pragmatic. And I'm sure the listeners are thinking, I need your help, Lisa. So how can the listeners best connect with Lisa? Sure. You can find me online, um, at my website, www.lisa.com. Lisa Costabi Naturopath um, dot com on Instagram. Lisa Costabi Naturopath um, would be two good places to find me. Yeah, and, and for the listeners, I'll include both of those links in the show notes. So just go directly to the show notes, and you'll be able to connect with Lisa. And your final concluding words of wisdom around women's health, thyroid function. We deserve as humans, as women to feel good, to feel well, to feel energized. And if you're not feeling like that, if you're waking up every day and you're dragging yourself out of bed and and feeling mediocre, it doesn't have to be that way. We can understand a little bit better about what's going on so that, you know, we do feel 100% and, and excited and energetic about life. 
Fantastic. You certainly bring that energy and that uh, excitement, enthusiasm for what you do, Lisa. I really appreciated learning from you and uh, still do today. So uh, thank you for further enlightening me, enlightening Lisa. Really appreciate your time. Thanks for having me, Anthony. (laughs) You're welcome anytime, Lisa. And we'll have to get you back on to do PMDD. Uh, So I'll leave that with the listeners to digest as to what PMDD is, but uh, it's another episode with Lisa. And to the listeners, thank you for tuning in for another insightful episode. Stay tuned in for more episodes. Please like and share it with others that you could also, that you know that could also benefit from Lisa's wisdom. Really appreciate you getting the word out there because as you know, this podcast is all about enhancing and enlightening the well-being of others. So thank you. Podcast disclaimer. This podcast and any information, advice, opinions, or statements within it do not constitute medical, healthcare, or professional advice and are provided for general information purposes only. All care is taken in the preparation of the information in this podcast. Connected Wellness Proprietary Limited, operating under the brand Me and My Health Up, does not make any representations or give any warranties about its accuracy, reliability, completeness, or suitability for any particular purpose. This podcast and any information, advice, opinions, or statements within it are not to be used as a substitute for professional, medical, psychological, psychiatric, or any other mental health care or health care in general. Me and My Health Up recommends you seek the advice of a doctor or qualified health provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition. Inform your doctor of any changes that you made to your lifestyle and discuss these with your doctor. Do not disregard medical advice or delay visiting a medical professional because of something you hear in this podcast. This podcast has been carefully prepared on the basis of current information. Changes in circumstances after publication may affect the accuracy of this information. To the maximum extent permitted by the law, Me and My Health Up disclaims any such representations or warranties to the completeness, accuracy, merchantability, or fitness for purpose of this podcast and will not be liable for any expenses, losses, damages, incurred indirect or consequential damages or costs that may be incurred as a result of the information being inaccurate or incomplete in any way and for any reason. No part of this podcast can be reproduced, redistributed, published, copied, or duplicated in a form without prior permission of me and my health up.